0: Listening to WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. This is the Jazz Focus, and my name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us again, and uh, welcome if it's your first time. Today we are going to be focusing on some sessions that were done for the Clef label in 1952, uh, done by Count Basie and his orchestra, actually small groups in this case. Clef was a uh, a record label that was founded by Norman Granz, who was one of the Sort of unsung heroes of jazz, unplaying heroes of jazz from the 1940s all the way up into the 1980s. He had a series of record labels, including Clef and Mercury, Norgran, Verve, Pablo, all these different labels that uh, presented some. R- exceptional jazz talent in very conducive settings and uh, he also managed the careers of Ella Fitzgerald and some others as well. Very interesting fellow. Uh, He was also an early proponent of race relations. His jazz at their Philharmonic concerts uh, were uh, supposed to be uh, integrated in terms of audience and this was even in the late 40s and 50s before civil rights legislation made that a little bit easier anyways. He was really quite a quite a figure in jazz history from that time. He took over, at least informally, the management of the Count Basie Orchestra in the about 1951 52 period. Basie, of course, had led a band uh, back to the days in Kansas City at the Reno Club in, ni- in the 1930s. That was after he had played extensively and recorded with uh, the Benny Moten Orchestra from the late 20s on. He had played with Walter Page's Blue Devils. Uh, Basie was born in 1904 in Red Bank, New Jersey, but traveled around quite a lot, uh, playing stride piano and occasionally organ as well. He ended up being stranded in Kansas City in the late 1920s and started making a career with those bands. And then he finally came east in 1936 with a version of the band he had been leading at the Reno Club, and uh, as they say, the rest is history. It became one of the most influential big bands of the day. And he led that band consistently up until about 1948-49 thereabouts, when the big band era, of course, came down, crashing and burning. Uh, and he re-adjusted his musical outlook somewhat to a smaller group, seven, eight, or nine pieces, depending on circumstance. He had some wonderful soloists that were a bit more progressive than his big band soloists, people like Clark Terry and Wardell Gray, Buddy DeFranco, and so forth, and he toured with that band for... or three years uh, even made a film or two with them Uh, but the call back to big bands was too strong for basie and by 1952 he had formed his next band called the new testament big band and they made quite a few recordings for victor uh, initially anyway and uh, we heard uh, uh, a few of the small group recordings that came out of that era uh, in a previous podcast In 1952, he was signed by Norman Grants to the Clef label and uh, started recording with his big band and also some occasional small group sessions as well. We're going to be focusing on those today. So we started out with uh, two tunes from December 13th and December 15th of 1952. And these uh, were credited to the Count Basie Quintet, Sextet, or Nonet, depending on the personnel. The first one was uh, a tune called Stan Shorthair, and that was the Count Basie Sextet, and uh, featured the composer Joe Newman on trumpet, along with Paul Quinichette, called the Vice Pres on tenor sax. He's the most heavily featured member of this band at the time. Count Basie playing organ and piano, Freddie Green still with the band on guitar, Gene Ramey on bass, and Buddy Rich on drums, and these were done in New York, uh, as I said, in December of 1952. The second tune was the Count Basie Quintet, uh, featured uh, Quintishet on tenor sax and Basie playing organ on the Song of the Islands, a tune that was a favorite of Basie's from early in his career. It was a tune that Uh, Louis Armstrong had recorded in about 1930, Uh, not really a jazz tune, but Basie used it quite a lot uh, in different times of his career. So we're going to continue with that session. Uh, This is a tune that was, uh, in fact, uh, two of the next tunes were not released on clef. They were held out, I guess, for release and uh, issued on the Mercury label, which was a follow-up to clef, another one of Norman Grant's stable of record labels. And uh, this is Lady Be Good, which was another Basie favorite. This was actually the first recording that he made after he came East with the Jones-Smith Incorporated Band, a uh, pseudonymous uh, Count Basie organization because he had just signed with DECA, and these recordings were made for Columbia, and they featured the recording debut of Lester Young. But this uh, will feature good Paul Quinichette, but especially good piano. Then we're going to hear a slightly larger group, the Nanette doing I Want a Little Girl. This was the only tune uh, recorded uh, with the nine-piece band. It might have been a holdover from the arrangements he had in his book from 1949. And we're going to hear Ronald Jones and Joe Newman on trumpets, uh, Henry Coker on trombone, Marshall Royal on clarinet, Paul Quinichette on tenor sax, Charlie Foulkes on baritone sax, Basie Green, Gene Ramey, and Buddy Rich in the rhythm section. Nice little... Uh, sedate arrangement of that tune, which goes back to McKinney's Cotton Pickers and Don Redman in the 1920s. After that, we're going to—actually, uh, that's the third tune we're going to hear. The second tune is a nice ballad performance of the uh, Richard Whiting and Neil Moray tune, She's Funny That Way, which is a great feature for the two horn players, Joe Newman and Paul Quinichette. So that's the second tune. Then I Want a Little Girl. Then we're going to finish up with a tune a little more characteristic of Count Basie's uh, earlier days and probably his musical outlook as well, the Basie Beat, another Count Basie and Joe Newman tune. So those are our four tunes for this set, Count Basie and his Nonet Sextet or Quintet, Lady Be Good, She's Funny That Way, I Want a Little Girl, and the Basie Beat. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: That was Count Basie recording for Clef in December of 1952. We started out with Lady Be Good from December 13th. A nice up-tempo performance featuring some of the classic Count Basie sounds himself on piano, that kind of uh, economical style, but very swinging. It was a very boiled-down, distilled version of stride piano. Uh, He was a a devotee of Fats Waller early in his career. And in fact, his organ playing uh, stems directly from Fats Waller. Apparently, he took some lessons when he was still back in New Jersey with Waller, who was a theater organist in the area at the time. We also heard some wonderful tenor sax by Paul Quinichette, who was clearly a a Lester young disciple. Sometimes his playing can seem a little pale by comparison, but on these sessions it was very good. He was a member of the full Basie band for about two years around this time. He left before the band hit it big again. He went out on his own. He had a series of recordings, I think for Emerson, under his name, that were becoming quite popular in the rhythm and blues field, and he went out to capitalize on that. We also heard Joe Newman on trumpet, very young at the time. Uh, he uh, was just getting his feet under him as a jazz soloist, and his uh, playing on especially I Want a Little Girl was quite beautiful in the, in the Buck Clayton style, I think you'd have to say. He later went on to uh, get a degree in classical trumpet performance and played in Broadway shows, one of the first African-American players to play extensively in, in Broadway pit bands, and then, of course, uh, was still regarded as a great jazz soloist and lived well into his 90s. So after Lady Be Good, we went to She's Funny That Way from December fifteenth, and that had a little bit of uh, uh, all each of the horns, Newman and Quinichette playing there. Uh, Quinichette really at his best at that tempo, I think. Uh, Basie switches to organ on some of these pieces uh, as well. And after that, we heard I Want a Little Girl with the expanded band, with the extra trumpet, trombone, clarinet, and baritone sax in the ensemble. There, that was the only tune that featured the extra instruments. And then we finished up with the bassy Beat, some good organ playing by the Count in that case, Uh, and then again, good uh, sort of driving uh, blues uh, playing by both Joe Newman and Paul Quinchette. So we're going to continue uh, with another blues performance. In fact, Three out of the four tunes on this next set are going to be blues, demonstrating the southwest influence of uh, the Count Basie band. Even though he was from New Jersey, he's usually lumped in with the Kansas City musicians since he spent so much time there and brought so many of them east in the 1930s. We're going to hear something called the Extended Blues, and this was a... Spontaneous ad hoc performance uh, credited to Count Basie who plays organ on this along with Freddie Green on guitar, Ray Brown on bass and Gus Johnson on drums and with them at the time is Oscar Peterson on piano. Of course, Ray Brown was part of the Oscar Peterson trio, and Gus Johnson and Freddie Green were with Basie's Big Band. This was recorded for Clef in um, July, July 26th of 1952. Uh, Peterson also recorded with the full Basie band a couple of times as well. But this is just a small group uh, rhythm section feature featuring the piano of Peterson and the organ of Count Basie. After that, we'll go to the Harold Arlen tune, back to December of 1952, I, As Long As I Live, always a favorite with Basie and Benny Goodman. Both of them were uh, recording in tandem in about 1940. Uh, they were mutual admirers, and they did a couple of small group sessions together, uh, featuring this tune in, in one case. Then we will go on to the two other blues, both from December 15th of 1952. We're going to hear the Kansas City, Oregon blues, Obviously, a feature for Oregon, and then a more up tempo version of roughly the same piece called the Count's Oregon Blues. Do with that as we will, but both feature the organ of the leader. So those are our tunes for this particular set. I should mention, uh, the personnel remind you of that, Joe Newman on trumpet, Paul Quinichette on tenor sax, Count Basie on organ, piano, Freddie Green on guitar, Gene Ramey on bass, and Buddy Rich on drums. Rich did not play with the full big band, but he was added for this session, and I should have mentioned on Basie Beat, he had a nice little solo part as well. He really uh, tamed down his uh, natural extrovert uh, drumming uh style when he played with Basie and he recorded many times over the years with Count Basie and always sounded good. He really um, fit in with that rhythm section feel very well. So those are our tunes, the extended blues as long as I live, Kansas City, Oregon blues and Counts Oregon blues right now. (coughs) time in there. So we put in a tune from that July 26, 1952 session. We actually started out with extended blues from the same date, Count Basie and his orchestra, although really it was the rhythm section with the addition of Oscar Peterson on piano, Count Basie on organ, Freddie Green on guitar, Ray Brown on bass, and Gus Johnson on drums. And then we finished up uh, with the blues for the Count and Oscar, slightly bigger group. We heard uh, Paul Quinishek playing the first tenor sax solo and Eddie Lockjaw Davis playing the second. They were the two tenors in the Count Basie big band at the time, and they were featured on different numbers usually, but here they are together. And the same rhythm section, Peterson, Basie, Freddie Green, Ray Brown, and Gus Johnson on drums. And the notes say it included Charlie Foulkes on baritone sax, but I don't hear baritone sax in there, so I think it was just the two tenors and rhythm section. In between there, we heard three tunes from December 15th of 1952. The Count Basie Sextet featuring Joe Newman on trumpet, doing some very tasty work through there. Paul Quinichette on tenor again and Basie Green, Gene Ramey on bass and Buddy Rich on drums. The second tune of the set was As Long As I Live, that Harold Arlen tune that features an interesting little drum solo by Buddy Rich, not a fast tune, not a flashy tune, but uh, uh, a nice sort of walking ballad or swing tune that uh, Rich does very, very well on, showing you that he was really one of the best technical uh, drummers and tasty jazz drummers when he desired in uh, all of jazz history. Then those two blues featuring the organ, the Kansas City organ blues and the Count's organ blues, featuring the other horns, but mainly features for the organ. And Basie played quite a bit of organ at this period. That was kind of a... Uh, a trendy thing to do, organ trios and jazz groups in the 1950s. uh, Those Hammond B-3s were very popular in clubs, and they became even more popular, and Basie did his part to help popularize them as well, although he got away from that after a few years and only returned occasionally. So I hope you enjoyed this program of Count Basie and his small groups recording for Clef in New York in 1952 and 19. and just 1952 actually, uh, most of which feature Paul Quinnishet on tenor sax and Joe Newman on trumpet, and they are featuring prominently on the last two tunes we have, which are Blue and Sentimental, originally a feature for uh, Herschel Evans with the uh, 1930s version of the Basie band, uh, that was a Basie and Livingston and David tune, kind of based on "G Baby, Ain't I Good to You. It's all Paul Quinnish had all through there, showing his uh, ballad style. And then we'll finish up with the Royal Garden Blues, the Dixieland standard from the 1920s that Basie recorded numerous times. He recorded it for Columbia with uh, Don Bias and Buck Clayton in 1942. That's on one of our recent podcasts, and he did some other ones there as well. So those are our, uh, our, uh, the balance of our Count Basie uh, show for today. You are listening to The Jazz Focus and John Clark. We are here together on WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. And hope you tune in again next week.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>